When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We're back here on the second guest show. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Aver, live from the Silver Slipper Casino Beachside in Hancock County, Mississippi. Taking you to 8 o'clock tonight in overtime. Michigan has just taken the lead 26-20. Blake Curran with a 17-yard run. They're going for the extra point now to make it 27-20. And, man, the way they've fooled with extra points today, uh, they did get it. So it's 27-20. Michigan in overtime over Alabama. So Alabama got to match it. And let's say, uh, Mike, if they would, in theory... Uh, they would get a touchdown and kick the extra point. Then the next time, they both have to go for two, right? That's right. On our Oakwood Hardulas talking text line, a familiar voice and name here in the, the Big Easy, Mike Conti, who's brand manager of Sports Radio 92.9, the game in Atlanta, Odyssey Station. But Mike, for so many years, was involved with WWL Not Radio. most professional. Oh, that's indeed. <laughs> can, do it, can do it all. So, Mike, great to hear you, your voice, and uh, great to have you back here on WWL. Hey, Mike, Bobby, Happy New Year. Uh, I'm going to try to concentrate on you guys as best I can, but, man, this Michigan-Alabama game is incredible, is it not? It's everything that it was built up to be. Now we'll see if Alabama can match that touchdown. Mike, you, you guys have been on a wild ride just like the Saints in Atlanta. It's been up and down, sometimes playing well, sometimes not. Uh, their defense has improved from a year ago. Yep. I think Ryan Nielsen's done a really nice job there. They don't have every piece in place, but I think Ryan has really squeezed about all the vitamin C you could out the orange. Offensively, though, at quarterback, good God, it's all over the board. Uh, you got two stud receivers. You, you got surrounded by some really good skill people, a good offensive line. But you don't have the guy that can put the key in the ignition and start it up all the time. And, and Mike, like uh, like Detoye was saying, uh, you still got fans that maybe call in. They all say, man, why in the hell we didn't go after Lamar Jackson in the spring? Still getting a lot of that. Uh, yes, absolutely. And I think now you, you're, at least on our radio station here in Atlanta, you're getting a lot of people who are, you know, throwing out Russell Wilson and Justin Fields' name as, you know, potential targets this offseason. But, I mean, Mike Detelier nailed it. I mean, this team's issue all year has been at the quarterback position. If this team ends up missing the playoffs, as they probably will, even if they beat the Saints this weekend, I, I don't see Tampa losing to Carolina. Uh, you know, if they miss the playoffs and don't win the division this year in a year where it was very winnable, it all goes back to that quarterback position. This defense uh, was good enough to win six or seven games on its own. You put this defense with, you know, some of those Matt Ryan offenses in 2016 and 2017 
the Falcons probably would have won a Super Bowl with a defense this good. I mean, this has been the issue for the Falcons over the last 10 years. They just have not been consistent on defense. They haven't been able to get to the, the opposing quarterback this year. They have it. Ryan Nielsen has done a great job, but Ritter has been a mess. Uh, he doesn't make minor mistakes. I mean, every mistake he makes, every turnover he commits is catastrophic, it seems. And, and Heineke, unfortunately, has just not been better uh, than Ritter. And, and this is the situation that the Falcons find themselves in going into a, a must-win game Sunday in New Orleans. You know, uh, Mike, you know the old saying, uh, can you run the football, can you stop the run? Uh, that's very humbling how Atlanta closed out the game against the Saints. Where, uh, yeah, can you, they, can you stop the run? And the Saints couldn't. Uh, so yeah. I think that definitely uh, you think, like, well, we got to keep doing that until the Saints can show that they can stop the run. Mike, and the other part is Bijan Robinson. Uh, I think he's everything that was advertised. Now, I, I don't know about the lull in the middle of the year and, and what happened on that part, but good gracious, you really couldn't ask. Bijan to do too much more than what he's done with the Falcons as a runner and a receiver. I agree, but then at the same time, I wish they would give him the ball more. And I think that's been a common refrain from the fans here in Atlanta. I think there's been this general complaint that the Falcons have not used their weapons as much as maybe one would hope. And, and that's not just Robinson, that's Pitts, and that's, that's Drake London and, and everyone else that you've been speaking of. The, the problem the Falcons have had they're a team that wants to run the football first. That's been Arthur Smith's philosophy, even when he was with uh, Tennessee as the offensive coordinator. And you have Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson and, and guys who can run the football. But the problem is the Falcons have fi- found themselves behind the sticks on first downs, it seems, in a lot of games this year. Maybe not so much in the first meeting against the Saints, but it's been a big problem for them here over the last month as they've lost games to Carolina, uh, as they you know, were basically humiliated by the Chicago Bears yesterday, just the lack of production on first down has taken the Falcons out of their philosophy of trying to impress themselves on the ground. And I think that's limited some of B. John Robinson's touches. Uh, now, you know, going um, forward, go ahead, Bobby. But I mean, just going forward, I hope that's something that the Falcons will be able to address maybe next year. Now, uh, Mike, uh, in, you know, in every fan base here in New Orleans and also in Atlanta, uh, they look at ownership or who's in charge, general manager. Uh, uh, what are the fans when they call in like sports talk shows? Uh, Arthur Blank said, I-, I guess I'm taking a wait and see approach. I'll evaluate the whole season as far as coaching changes. Uh, what do you think is mm-hmm. going to transpire as far as that goes? Uh, I think to an extent, Bobby, Arthur Smith is coaching for his job this Sunday to an extent. Uh, You know, if everything fell into place and the Falcons could upset the Saints and Carolina pulls the miracle against Tampa, you're obviously not going to fire Arthur Smith for winning the division and taking this team to the playoffs. So I think, you know, to that end, there is a possibility he's coaching for his job this weekend. But the issue is, you know, Arthur Smith has been the head coach for three years now. You know, 18 times three is 54 weeks. And in just five of 54 weeks where Arthur Smith has been the head coach of this football team, the the Falcons have had an above 500 record. Now, I think going into this season, Arthur Blank felt that Arthur Smith 
have done a, a really good job with this team in 2021 and 2022 as they were going through roster transition and all the accord and salary cap issues that, that maybe Arthur Smith gets a lot of credit for the coaching job that he did his first two years in Atlanta and maybe, just maybe, will get a pass for having a bad year this year. But I don't think there's any doubt uh, that he has had a bad year this year and his seat is very, very warm uh, even if he is retained going into next season. Mike, uh, this was during the preseason. Uh, Jen Hale, who was locally here in New Orleans, she had she was doing the preseason games for the Falcons. And I see, is there, is there one person there that really has stood out? And she said, Mike, not only to me, but every member of the coaching staff, people I've talked to, Drake London. And mm-hmm. she was like, I'm just telling you, they think that he is an elite player in the National Football League. And at times he's shown it. Now, again, he got to have the guy to make him sure he gets the ball. But Drake London has shown when they throw him the football, he could be a really dominant player. Yeah, and can make really tough catches in traffic and, and can do things, you know, yards after catch, yards off contact. Uh, he is an elite player. And I know Terry Fontenot and, and the front office felt that way when they had the opportunity to draft him because, quite frankly, they passed on other glaring needs that this team had uh, in order to draft a Drake London two years ago. It was actually kind of a controversial pick here in Atlanta. The Falcons with all the needs that they had on offensive line and, and perhaps even needing a quarterback, and they go with a wide receiver. Oh, my goodness, Michigan. Uh, sorry, guys. A little distracted here by the Rose Bowl. Just found out Michigan that? has punched their ticket to the national championship game. Michigan defeats Alabama. Uh, stopping Jalen Milrow at about the two-and-a-half-yard line. So Michigan is in. Alabama out 27-20 in overtime. The Wolverines are in. What what a call on fourth and goal from the three to go with a quarterback draw. And, guys, the SEC, for only the second time in the last 17 years, will not have a team in the championship game of the playoff or the BCS. How about that? That's unbelievable. That is really unbelievable. Uh, The loss of Grady Jarrett, uh, because Bob and I have talked about just how good of a football player Grady is. His dad worked for a local company here uh, uh, for a while in Louisiana, and so got to know Grady and his his dad very well. But, man, he was such a good football player, Mike. And to lose him, and this was his first significant injury in the National Football League, if, if my memory's right. You're, you're exactly right, Mike. In fact, first of his career, going back to when he was with Clemson and even in high school, first significant injury of his career. And it has been a major loss, but what's interesting is, uh, you know, the loss of Grady Jarrett maybe last year, two or three years ago, that would have been absolutely catastrophic uh, for the Falcons. But Terry Fontenot, I think, deserves a lot of credit. Quite frankly, you know, it, Terry Fontenot is not on the same kind of hot seat as Arthur Smith right now. Uh, because of the job that he's done rebuilding this defense. And I think Ryan Nielsen coming over and, and taking over as coordinator is a big part of it, but bringing in players like Calais Campbell and David Onyemata and, and finding diamonds in the rough a little bit with a guy like Nate Landman, who has done a really, really good job at middle linebacker for them. Um, that's why I think Terry Fontenot is not in the same conversation right now as Arthur Smith 
Arthur Smith is in danger of losing his job. I don't think Terry Fontenot is because of the job he's done constructing this defense. And, and he, he, he built them to a point where they could absorb the loss of a player like Grady Jarrett and not have it turn into a catastrophe where, you know, it could absolutely derail the season otherwise. Mike, uh, in the long run with this, so many teams in the NFC South, it almost looks like y'all looking in the same mirror. <laughs> Tampa's looking in it, the Saints, Atlanta. And there's really been no separation uh, between the three of them all year long. And you would finish like this, where all of them are sort of, they got one major deficiency one way or another. I would have given Baker up until this week the major nod at the quarterback position. I think Tampa is not in that spot unless Baker Mayfield is, is there for him. This week he didn't play too well. Uh, but I think it goes to show you kind of everybody sort of walking on the same turf here. And, and who knows how all this turns out. Now, with Tampa playing Carolina, that, that's a given that they should punch that ticket and get in. But we've seen Arizona. Who gave them much of a chance to go to Philly and beat them? Well, Carolina's got a pulse. I mean, they beat Atlanta a couple weeks ago, and then they turned around the following week on Christmas Eve and almost won again. Uh, you know, they did not have a very good performance against Jacksonville uh, yesterday, but Carolina's got a pulse. Uh, I think ultimately, though, Mike, what you have described is it's not just an NFC South thing. I think you can look at the league as a whole this year and point to maybe – two or three, or maybe if you want to give Philadelphia the benefit of the doubt, like four pretty good to very good teams. And then I think you've got 20 to 25 kind of mediocre teams, uh, you know, teams that have a glaring weakness that as such, uh, they're underperforming expectation. And then I think you have, you know, four or five truly poor football teams like, uh, you know, Carolina, you mentioned Arizona, uh, te- teams in that category, and some of that has been affected by injury. But I think that's you know ultimately going to be the frustration for both Falcons fans and Saints fans if they don't make the playoffs and if they don't make uh, the division this year. Boy, th- this was a winnable year. Uh, it was a very winnable year in the NFC South, and uh, you know somehow with, with the way everything went down, Tampa's in the driver's seat. It, it's going to be looked at as a missed opportunity for both. I think. Yeah, you look, Mike, you look at strength of schedule. Uh, I, I think Atlanta had the weakest and the Saints were right there. I mean, come on, to not mm-hmm. take advantage of that. Uh, but uh, you know what I thought was interesting? The NFL loves this. And, and I try and look at the glass half full, and, and I say, was well, pros versus pros. And the league embraces this parity. Uh, for instance, uh, going like it did this past weekend, uh, the NFL, uh, if you look at it, 24 teams – out of 32 are still in contention for a playoff spot this late in the season. That was a tie for the most uh, with two weeks remaining in the past two decades, 20 seasons. So the NFL loves this. You might think like seven and eight, eight and seven. Well, you know, when they see that, no, they, they, they think, I guess it gives more fan bases hope. Now, if you live in Atlanta or you live in New Orleans, uh, you, you don't want your team to be having around 500. You want them to already have double-digit wins. But there ain't a lot of them like yeah, that. Yeah, you might want them to be like the 49ers or the Ravens, but that's not the case. But I think the league as a whole, because you look at the eyes that are watching, I thought that was amazing that 24 
out of the 32 teams are still in the hunt for the postseason. Mike, NFL is more watchable today by people, and the numbers prove it than any other time in the history of this league. Well, I, I think you look at those numbers, if you're listening or you watching it on TV, listening on the radio, the NFL has shown its dominance like never before in, in the media circles. You are totally right. I mean, you, you look at 30 million people watching a Christmas Day game, you, you know, at, at 12 noon central time between Kansas City and the Raiders, and, and the, that just tells you all you need to know about how much the league dominates. The reason why so many teams are alive right now, guys, is because of the expanded playoff format to bring in that seventh team, that that additional wild card team. And I think what you're going to see happen, uh, you know, along with the addition of more international games, maybe an 18th regular season game, don't be shocked, guys, if the owners come back and, and vote to put another uh, wild card team in the playoff. And we go to a 16-team field in the next couple of years because, again, it's giving more teams hope. It's increasing the relevancy of games for more and more teams late in the season, which ultimately I think helps with uh, you know not that ticket sales are a huge concern, but there are some markets that certainly struggle to sell tickets late in the year when games are meaningless. Less meaningless games means more eyeballs on the TV and more butts in the seats. So I, I would not be surprised if this goes in the direction of a further expansion of the playoff format. I'm a traditionalist. I don't like it. I, I, I like the smaller playoff fields. I like for it to be an accomplishment to win the division and get in. But uh, uh, money talks. And I think anything that the league can do to, to get more eyeballs and create more playoff games uh, and, and sell that maybe even as a TV package to a streamer uh, is something that I'm sure the owners are taking a long look at right now. Mike, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Man, we really appreciate you joining us on New Year's Day. And, uh, man, we miss you here, but uh, always great, brother. Always great. And, uh, and you know, Mike, uh, to let you run, uh, I'm saying go blue, but uh, not the Penn State blue, but the Michigan blue tonight. <laughs> yeah. We got a tough day here in Atlanta on Saturday with Penn State. Uh, yeah. Good talk to you guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year right. to you, Mike. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. 
The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.